0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer here with Jeff Cohen, back with you on 610 AM ESPN Radio, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, the Phillies had an up and down week. The Eagles saw 23,000 fans show up to their open practice. And at around 530, we're going to get to talk to Temple football coach Jeff Collins. But last night, you crossed another stadium off your bucket list, right? Minute Make Park. Okay, so you went to an orange juice stadium. And a lot of beef. And a lot of beef. And tell no, me about Nolan the
1: Iron beef is all over the. Tell
0: place. me about the ballpark in Houston. You had a fun experience with your son. It's it's a it's a beautiful stadium. I wasn't expecting it at all.
1: It's a really nice stadium. You're cool with climate controlled baseball. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> now I was a purist who always said, "Oh, you got to watch outside." Mm-hmm. But when you no ex- more. When you experience 72 degrees, <laughs> <laughs> you you want nothing more than to Phillies. Put a retractable roof on Citizens Bank Park now. What was the actual temperature outside? It you, was close to 100. Yeah, you'd the have been humidity, sweating a lot watching that you game. You literally walk out there. Nobody in the city of Houston comes above ground during the summer months. They smart. have an entire tunnel system That's smart underground, it. so it looks like a ghost town or something from The Walking Dead.
0: Fun experience with your son to go see the game there?
1: Absolutely. That's 18 stadiums.
0: Now. 18 stadiums. Yeah. So you got together you guys have been to yes. or you've been to? Yep. Together. Is the goal to be, go to all of them?
1: It would be nice, but it's not easy.
0: It's one of the things that I like about sports is that parents, fathers, mothers, sons, daughters can do those things together, can go and experience. So it's got to be cool to be able to go with your son to the minor league games. I know your family goes together here. Mm -hmm. There's an opportunity for you two to go to yourself. Um, Were you surprised by the stadium, and how was the game that you saw? Uh, And don't get into the height of Jose Altuve because you've already raised that off air. Well,
1: I would. What yeah, but, do you but I, have
0: against short people? No,
1: I was going to say the what opposite. What did they do to you? The fact is is that it, he was impressive to watch. Despite his height. Despite his height.
0: Because that was the first thing you mentioned <laughs> to me off air was that you recognized how he wasn't the tallest player on the field. And but was, he
1: hit the ball the furthest. He did. Okay. Yes.
0: So that was okay with you.
1: Uh,
0: I, I'm impressed by the guy. I'm telling I've you. Never, I don't think I've ever seen him play live. I, I mean, think a short amazing. person stepped on your foot sometime in prior in your life, and you just haven't forgiven them. <laughs> if the callers want to call in and weigh in on that or anything else, you can join us at 888-728-9941. Unfortunately, we have to stop the joking for a second and talk about some of the news this week. Uh, the Phillies were going to put Pete Rose on their wall of fame, and he was going to be honored with a comedy roast, and Jeff, none of that's happening anymore. By the way, what's funny about Pete Rose? I don't like, know. Like, what was the comedy... That would be a very awkward comedy roast, and especially Aren't all comedy roasts awkward, though? (laughs) I mean, being the subject of that, my wife knows there's nothing I hate more than being in the front row or the front two rows of a comedy show. My in-laws know I can't stand being a part of the show. I just want to go and laugh. (laughs) But so there wasn't have been terribly funny before the start, but now there was really no humor in it. So what happened this week?
1: Well, uh, Pete Rose had filed a lawsuit, which has brought to the forefront another issue with Pete Rose. (laughs) Which which is an <laughs> awkward thing. He filed a lawsuit against John Dowd, if everybody remembers John Dowd uh, before he became a, a uh, an attorney for President Trump was an attorney who was hired by baseball to do a report and investigation on Pete Rhodes' betting Pete Rhodes' betting on baseball. So as part of that report or as part of the investigation he apparently found out things that it didn't have to do with betting on baseball
0: that didn't make it into the report, correct? Right.
1: And I guess he was on some radio show. See, radio shows are bad. <laughs> <you> Got to watch <laughs> out what you
0: say to guys like us, yeah.
1: And apparently, uh, made these statements on the radio show. Pete Rose has filed a defamation suit, raising those issues, which are now a bigger deal than when they were originally just on the radio show. I guess it was on – was it Jim Rome show?
0: It was on a a Westchester radio station locally, and before that he had said it nationally on the Jim Rome show. And so now a judge decided the lawsuit can proceed, and the allegations are public. And in this public climate, it's hard for a team to justify honoring somebody with said accusations. I I personally think the Phillies
1: handled it really well. And, And Pete Rose, I don't like to give him credit for much. But at least to his credit, he backed away, released a statement with them, and just kind of faded into the woodwork. I'm going to
0: say from a PR standpoint, they did okay. I was surprised that they put Pete Rose in their statement. I thought that they would have just put out a statement that it was canceled and Pete, would have, Pete Rose would have put out his own statement saying, I understand. I think the the phil- fact that he was in the official statement mm-hmm. surprised me given what's going on. Uh, that was the only thing that really caught, and, and the fact that it took as long as it did. Normally, this news hits and they can't walk away from it fast enough. Uh, two days, not that long of a time, but in this news cycle, I was surprised that it, it took that long for it to happen. took that
1: long for the Phillies to act? It, because I, I don't, I don't even know I, if the Phillies knew about it. How, I don't think how it, many
0: people knew
1: about this allegation, even though the lawsuit was filed a year ago and Dowd made the statements
0: allegedly two years ago. I hadn't heard this. I I had heard about it, and I don't think that the Phillies were delayed in their reaction. But I'm surprised right. that the outcry wasn't raised sooner, knowing that he was going to be honored. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a okay. So it's hard to talk about serious issues, and. Not be serious, but I have a non-serious question. About Pete Rose? Yeah. What yeah. happens to all those bobbleheads? I don't, I guess they trash, <laughs> I guess they trash him. I don't know what they do. I doing. mean, <laughs> they had bobbleheads. They were gonna total. honor him on the wall of fame. Yep. They were gonna do all this stuff and now none of it's happening. The plaque's
1: so, not going up. So I'm not trying
0: I mean. to diminish the severity of it, but we mm-hmm. are a sports show and we do try and um, talk about things and enjoy right. them a little bit, and so I, I just, you know, I think about odd things, and so now you got a lot of bobblehead dolls. Yeah, you, aren't you, gonna be you know, out. I I spent
1: the last ten years with a kid who mapped out when bobbleheads were being given away, and probably has over a hundred of them in his room, and. He didn't ask me that question. So I have to now get it from you. Yes, you're welcome. I
0: actually <laughs> we have a piece of furniture in my house, my wife and I, and I keep joking that she's gonna come home one day and there's gonna be bobbleheads up on the <laughs> furniture. It's just gonna scare her when she comes me- in. Remember
1: when we had the earthquake a couple of years ago? Everything was shaking. Apparently
0: all the bobbleheads in his room were shaking. Yes, yeah. everything was shaking uh-huh. along with it. All right, let's get back to the real baseball. So yeah, the well, Phillies well, made-
1: no, one one other thing I did wanna say about it is is at this point with Pete Rose, is this not just a tragic comedy almost? Because let's say Pete, Pete Rose has been, all he wants to do is get in the Hall of Fame. If they put him in the Hall of Fame tomorrow, what will he be remembered for? Is anybody going to remember him as the hit King at this point? No. Or has he made such a farce of himself going around peddling his autographs outside of everything that he's not allowed in and constantly
0: lying and changing I his story? I do think he had made progress towards trying to get back in. I mean, look, he had the job. He has the job at Fox. You mm-hmm. wonder whether they'll keep him on in that job. He was going to get the wall of fame here. So he was starting to get some of that recognition back. I don't know if after this uh you're able to continue doing See, it. I, see
1: I see it differently. I see it as it, he wasn't getting the recognition back. He might have been getting the plaques and the and the busts, but I don't think I
0: think his legacy now is so tarnished that it will never recover. There was always going to be an asterisk. I mean, look at this point. Like I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you. Mm-hmm. I, I watch wrestling. I used to remember for three years in a row he showed up dressed as a San Diego chicken and and took a tombstone <laughs> pile driver. So like you can't talk I'm to me so about glad I don't you can't wrestling. talk to me about the legacy of Pete Rose when the guy showed up at wrestling events and did things like that. He, I mean, three of them he did it like back to back to back. So you know the the legacy of Pete Rose to me was already tarnished and tainted and. Was not going to be what it was when he was just recognized as a baseball player, no yeah, but, matter what, but now it's it's it's
1: farcical in not just what he did but the way he has handled himself over these years. You know he said he never did it, then he said he did it, then he said he never did it 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 just never ends with did him. you
0: ever get the feeling that he was saying what he thought needed to be said to get what he always wanted? i mean that that's always. why I wasn't surprised by the changing answers. it seemed like he was willing to do what he thought he needed to do or the advice that he took that he needed to get. I think the irony is this latest revelation comes because he decided to make it a larger issue. Somebody made a statement on a radio show that not many people heard. Now, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. everybody knows about it. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes they they say in politics, you don't punch, yeah, you don't punch mm-hmm. down because you bring somebody up to your level. Mm-hmm. Well, now, all of a sudden, you've elevated this issue to a seriousness that wasn't previously recognized and it is hampering your ability to do what you want in terms of rehab your image. So let's talk a little bit about the product on the field. So we were playing really good baseball when we were in Philadelphia, Jeff. Yeah, and then speaking
1: of pile driving, the Angel, <laughs> Angels decided to do what they've been doing since 2003, which is to pile drive the Phillies. Every time I turned on the TV, Mike Trout had just homered, it seemed
0: like. <laughs> it was, it was difficult to watch that.
1: Uh, are you gonna come on board with the, uh,
0: the Phillies can give any five players they want for Mike Trout? Oh, I, I would have told you that a long time ago. <laughs> I think they should give him a share of the ownership. And let him recruit players to Philadelphia. Let him bring every, for other sports. Let him bring everybody back with uh-huh. him. He could be a goodwill ambassador for the city. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't argue with his talent and the, what they have in the system. Probably does not add up to what he brings. At some point, people are going to break down with contracts and and you know in terms of. Their ability and durability. We're obviously doing shorter segments this show, so let's talk a little bit more about what happened this week: ups and downs, bright spots for you, Jeff. Well,
1: so the ups, the up was the the home the home stand,
0: okay, and the
1: five game winning streak, uh-huh. and the starting pitchers, and and the offense all coming together and gelling together, and then they went out west, and it just went away again. Do you know another upside? What Matt Clentek traded Joaquin West. Yeah, that just, but doesn't
0: that, look at the smile on your face. How did I, I wish
1: people could say, because the two of us, I don't think we've ever smiled this much.
0: It was so unexpected that they would be able to move him. <laughs> I think your text to me was, I'm surprised they got a bucket, let alone the balls. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was what and, you texted r- to r- me. Right, and, and,
1: and I believe your response, your response is, well, what did they, what did they get? Who cares? <laughs> really? Who cares at this point? Joaquin, it's been nice knowing you. Glad you're gone.
0: So you're Mr. Mind. League, are you happy with
1: some of what we got back uh, you you can't tell with these prospects i mean other than Mackenzie mills who they got from the the nationals i think the other guys are not guys you're going to see up here i think the real the gem of what they did and people are going to go oh all they did was trade for money this is different the international there, there is an international signing pool and each team is given the same limit they traded for that space
0: they have the highest amount that you can have right no i think or they're in the top, top six six, yeah and, and and
1: Sixto Sanchez, who everybody's starting to hear about, he's one of those international signings. And he was just moved up to Clearwater, as you pointed out to me before. And then you have Carlos Toki, who was just featured in in uh, The Inquirer today, I think. And he's another one they got from Ven- Venezuela as an international signing. Those are the guys. That's where you spend a lot of the money. I mean, yesterday we were looking at the the media guide for the Astros. And if you look, they have scouts by region. The number of scouts that teams have in Venezuela alone
0: is amazing. Can we argue for a second? Sure. When's Reese Hoskins going to be a Philadelphia Philly?
1: It isn't going to be before September. Why
0: do you it, hate you bringing
1: up You constantly ask players. me this. Like a, a, I have no control, by the way, over whether he comes up or not. But,
0: but, but I've, I, I
1: do feel terrible that Tommy Joseph earned this spot, and all people want to do is kick him I'll to the curb. I'll send him
0: a care basket, but I want to know what we have. we're not winning anything this season right
1: now you have a
0: potential 30 home run first baseman you do playing and you know that you have right but you have no idea what you have with hoskins well sure you do so are you going to go into next year going with tommy joseph and hoskins and having to make a decision or knowing whether you have somebody if you have hoskins that can play in this league Mm -hmm. then you have tommy joseph that you can trade and he's a chip or maybe you find out hoskins isn't what you think he is Uh, and you need to keep joseph ding 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 and that's That's the
1: part people miss. Well, if he's not
0: ready, then you keep Joseph. No,
1: no, no. The, the part that gets missed in this is the guy that you want to kick to the curb, which is Tommy. Yeah,
0: I didn't want to kick to the curb. You do. You, I want to put you, him on a chair on the porch. Okay. I don't want to kick him to the curb. I don't even want him to leave the house. You, I just don't want him cooking the meal you right You don't
1: now. even want him having his cleats on.
0: You, you want him to sit sitting true. in the dugout. That's not true. And,
1: and, don't and, put words in my but, mouth. <laughs> but, here, but here's what we have, is right now you have Tommy Joseph, who's doing well. Yes. And you have Reese, and I appreciate and that. And you have Reese Hoskins, who's doing well yes. in the minors. Yes, yes. And if those scouts say that they're still that he has weaknesses in his swing or whatever, what happens if the Phillies decide that what they want to do in the offseason is they want to trade Reese Hoskins, and they now make that flaw Available for everybody to see before they make that try. So
0: you're I'm not the saying the other you know line that. that Tommy Joseph could be the long-term solution. And no, I'm, I'm
1: saying that they're trying to keep their options open for the offseason is my suspicion.
0: Optionality. I,
1: I like Reese Hoskins. I personally think that he will be the long time, long-term first baseman here. But I understand what they're doing because I don't see any harm in, in what they're doing. This is Reese Hoskins' first
0: year full year in AAA. I still want to see him in the majors.
1: I want to see Kingery in the majors, too, but I don't want to kick Cesar Hernandez to the curb.
0: All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I hope you'll stay with us. You can join us at 888-728-9941. Talk about Jeff's hatred of short people. Talk about the Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. We have got to stop
1: this. This is really an
0: anti-tall person rant that you keep having. I'm not bitter about being short at all. Talk a little Colin Kaepernick and what's going on with the NFL, Eagles excitement, and more. Stay with us.
2: Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1- 888-337-3339 888 337 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family.
0: Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.ancoonsrealestate.com. This is the hardest Sports
1: on 610 AM. I'm Jeff Cohen along with Jason Springer. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call at 888-728-9941. Jason, before, don't say a word. Before we get to the NFL, I just want to say, for all those tall people out there that you keep picking on, you don't know what it's like. And I just spent four hours on a plane, sardined in a seat. I would give anything to be six inches shorter. Do you, do you know how sad I feel for you right now? <laughs> None.
0: I feel, None. I feel an awful sense of, I'm so sorry that you had to travel and be condensed. No, look, I, I don't have anything against tall people. I just, you, how managed, disingenuous to, was you, that? you managed to point out the height of players at a rate that's obscenely high. No. That's all well, I know. If we go back to the tape. <laughs> The only time I have ever
1: mentioned it on the Thought show on is Donald Pumphrey, and it's been you ever since. Well, it's,
0: it, you're going to have to live with that and, and, now. And
1: you realize that this time, in, with, with this this society, you're you're bringing people apart oh, dividing that's people right you're by dividing height. them it's like five nine is the division line well, for i'm you. glad
0: that we could figure that out can't we all just get along <laughs> in terms of the short people and the tall people colin kaepernick promised i promised
1: not... to, promise to tell you what the weather colin is kaepernick
0: you... is not a short person and yet he no. still another week does not have a job jeff is is he going to get a job in the nfl it this sure year? seems like he's not doesn't
1: it Because you had the the Ravens on the one hand, which the Ravens will take anybody, you, you would think, considering the problems they've had. And now the Dolphins look desperate because their backup
0: is Matt Moore. Isn't it more of a story every day that he's not on a team than the day after he becomes a backup? Yeah, I mean... Uh, uh, He's I, a backup quarterback at some point. Nobody cares about the backup quarterback. No, well, he, he, might be, he might be.
1: Look, if he goes into Florida, if he goes into Miami... Well, that's
0: a different he story. He could be the
1: starter. Flack goes down, he could be the starter. And Who was the guy that you told me the Ravens just brought in? Not Mallet. Who's the the, the guy that's coming in after that?
0: Oh, I'll, I'll look it up for you. you oh, it was
1: embarrassing. It's oh, like, Aaron
0: Murray. They're talking about bringing in from Georgia, right. who played in Kansas City... Look, hey, every, everybody you, honk if you know who Aaron Murray is. And we'll it's listen it's out pretty quiet outside right now. Right. So Okay, if and I ask you this question yeah. from a football perspective, because yeah. I happen to believe this is pure PR. Mm-hmm. I don't think this, this is about whether or not he can play football. The if, owners are saying it's PR. They're saying it. Yeah. And, and so Malcolm Jenkins came out this week and called them cowards. Right. You think that they're cowards? Yeah. That's a t- strong term. It, but, they, but they really are being so. I think it's they, cowardly not to admit while you're doing it. To try and hide behind, he doesn't fit our team or our. uh, Well, but they're
1: not being—they're not saying that they don't know. They're—they're coming out and saying we don't want to deal with this particular issue. There, but they'll deal with other issues. Well, we know in this city, Michael Vick was brought
0: in. Is—is what's worse, what Kaepernick did or what Michael Vick did? It's not even a comparison. It's just the hypocrisy of what's willing to be accepted. You look in the Giants; they Mm -hmm. had a kicker who admitted to the team. That he was abusing his spouse. Right. The team knew that.
1: And the Giants uh, are and, worried about this. And they're this.
0: worried about somebody who's going to take a knee. Uh-huh. You, you have the Ravens, Baltimore the Ravens you had multiple go... players that have issues. And now Real all a, issues. And now all of a sudden the owner is going to pull a pull out to the fans. Now, I happen to think the cynic in me, mm-hmm. I still think he probably ends up in Baltimore and they're waiting until after their practice at Navy because they don't want to have him on the team. OK, that's just the cynic in me that thinks like they don't want to deal with that going to the Naval Academy where they have practice. But the Ravens is a good situation for him. I mean, you would think so. And the coach seems to want him. And so does
1: the GM. Well, Well, and the coach's brother was his coach when when they were successful. Absolutely. So so Jim's probably told John and John had to, by the way, had to beat him in the Super Bowl. So it's not like the guy doesn't have talent, but you have this situation where everybody seems fearful. And I think after three days of him being in practice, it will not ever get mentioned again.
0: This week, Ray Lewis told him that he should be an activist that doesn't talk, speak up.
1: Hey, Ray Lewis,
0: shut up. It, really? She, of all the people, is he really now the Sean one can, to speak? If Sean Kennedy has been on this show before who loves yeah. labor, Ray Lewis is listening, he, he may cry to hear you say that. But I, I don't understand how you can be an activist and not use the platform – to use your voice and raise your voice and there have been issues that athletes have chosen to make a stand for a long time and often they have dealt with the consequences of that but at this point it seems like people are reacting to the perception of a consequence when rather than the actual consequence mm-hmm. you know they're they're trying to ascribe motives and say that he's the cause of all of this when people watch games knowing that there are players that are <laughs> physically abusing members of their family and Mm -hmm. have weapons charges, and and Kaepernick decided to take a knee. Now, you may not like it, and I don't want to defend any of the other things that he's done or in terms of the socks and the the other stuff. Like, I'm not here to defend somebody over somebody else. I'm here to say that I don't understand how he's not good enough to get a shot in somebody's camp, and I don't think it has anything to do with his play on the field. Didn't Joe Mixon just get drafted very high this year? Very high. Mm Mm-hmm. Very high. And he will play. Mm-hmm. And so, that's going to be so accepted is, so in this league. Hasn't,
1: hasn't it always been that the NFL will, will take someone as long as the coach find, thinks they can win? So why so, is it that this is not along those lines? This is an ownership issue, I think. I, I really don't think this is a coach issue.
0: And, and So you're a lawyer. Does he have a case that they're colluding against him? Well,
1: we discussed this, I
0: think, before. I know, but, it, it, but does it keep getting worse? No, because co- collusion is
1: them all working together. I think they're cowardly separate. I mean, to use the words Malcolm Jenkins, it's they're each making this decision. I don't think they have to get together and say. I don't think they're sitting there saying this is bad for the NFL. They're saying this is bad
0: for their fan base. So if you're and their if you're the Miami Dolphins, you have got Adam Gase as your head coach who mm-hmm. had Jay Cutler as a player before. Mm-hmm. You know that Cutler knows your system, but he's retired and you have no idea what shape he's in. And frankly, I do not want to be justifying Jay Cutler as a quarterback (laughs) because he's painful. But do you take a player who knows your system and has questionable skills or do you take a Colin Kaepernick? Well, I I think that's phrasing it a little bit wrong
1: because Jay Cutler does have the skills. He's just missing something (laughs) Above the neck.
0: I've watched some games where it don't look like he had no skill. <laughs> oh, I,
1: I, I, I think he... I mean, look, when he was in Denver, he had good skills. There were times... Alshon Jeffrey would probably tell you he's got good skills, but he didn't have the head for it. And you So know, who do you take? All things being equal, I probably would still take Cutler because of, Adam, because of his knowledge of the offense that Adam Gaze runs because Adam Gaze was his offensive coordinator. But... It's an if. I know that there have been reports that they have been talking, but there's been nothing signed that I'm aware of. So right now you do have a quarterback who is not retired, and they won't even bring him in for a practice. And it really is – it's the whole not signing is now the circus.
0: You think it's absurd. You think that there's fake players that – could be more likely to be signed at this point. I was sitting on the plane, and we were just
1: sitting there talking <laughs>
0: with your lack of legroom. Yeah. <laughs> this my... is where this list came from. You're upset yeah. you didn't have legroom. This, and all of a this, you this is my what leg?
1: happens when you lose the oxygen <laughs> to your legs. It, it, is you go? How absurd is this situation? So the situation <laughs> is so absurd that we were talking about uh, would NFL teams. Have general managers that would take people so, who weren't even
0: real, take fictional quarterbacks so you think over. Shane them. Falco of the Replacement. Oh, I got a whole list. I got
1: Johnny Utah from Point Break. Oh. I got Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Somewhere our
0: listeners are changing the dial right now <laughs> as you leave Not this
1: list. Paul crew from August Yard. Oh, Shane Falco. God. And don't forget Flash Gordon. You can't forget, but Flash I did Flash leave one. He left off.
0: Willie Beeman off from uh, any given Sunday. So. Well, I left the other one, who's really a fictional quarterback, which uh, is Tim Tebow. Well, the, he's doing. He's over in baseball. He's doing just fine for himself. Well, who but,
1: knows? Maybe someone will ask him to come back
0: instead. Like we'll keep watching. I just. I think that the NFL continues to make it more of a story the longer he's not in somebody's mm-hmm. camp. A little excitement over the Eagles camp. More fans went to the open practice than, a lot of than some of the baseball games, games mm-hmm. this past weekend. Thoughts, Jeff?
1: I, I think it's great. Uh, you know, th- this this is what you want to do. You bring in the community. I don't. I don't personally see the excitement and going and watching guys run around with no pads on, running half a play. You know, doing some exercises. But but I get it. I understand why people do it. They want to be close to the players. They want to be close to the action. You're not going to learn anything if you're, you know, if you want to learn the X's and O's by going to any of these. Did things. You learn anything it's last a, night? It's a fun carnival
0: atmosphere. Did you learn anything last night watching the Hall of Fame game preseason? Kickoff? I I can honestly say I did not watch that. No, you didn't. I mean, I try to avoid... You were at the baseball game. Yeah, and I try to avoid anything Cowboys anyway. Well, Jerry Jones is going into the Hall of Fame next week. We'll see whether the NFL decides to do anything with Ezekiel Elliott next week. By the way, does he get a bigger-headed bust than everybody else? Probably. Yeah. They need to. Uh Uh-huh. But you know what? He's made a lot of money off this team. He has. He's done very, very well and he, for himself. And he has Jimmy
1: Johnson to
0: thank for it. He does. Okay, so here's my question. Um, he's my favorite Eagle. He's the only jersey I've ever owned. Does Brian Dawkins go in the Hall of Fame next year? He better. I really want to go if he does. Yeah.
1: Can you imagine how exciting it will be for this town? Oh, people will take I mean, I, I mean look it. look what Philadelphia did for the NFL
0: draft. They should put T.O. and him in in the same year. Oh, God, no. Really? <laughs> I just wanted to get a reaction. Well, why? From you. Do, why do you do that? Because I can. You, you
1: <laughs> I just, have a radio just, show, so I'm just gonna it's say it's just that
0: simple to get that reaction from you. No, I do want to focus on Dawkins, so I don't want to get off on it. Because well, you started with T.O. Why don't you
1: get down and do some? Now sit-ups you sound like, like your dealer. son.
0: You started it. Don't you? Don't need to do that. I know that you had tough travel plans coming back how exciting would it be out in Canton if Dawkins was out there it would be amazing it would uh, it doesn't matter who else would go
1: in it would be about dawkins
0: and then they could have the eagles and, play in the hall of fame game and, and, yep and i and i can guarantee you he would give an amazing speech oh, i he, he, he would, it would be rousing Yeah. He, he that, is he's by far still my favorite player that i've seen play for the eagles i i still have his jersey i still wear his jersey
1: and he's really the only uh, the only hope who else is there the uh, equal player that's retired that has a chance to go. And I still think Randall Cunningham should well, be in. But, but I, I don't know if it's going to happen.
0: I, I heard uh, uh, somebody earlier, a former Eagle, saying, Seth Joyner, when they were talking about other linebackers, right, comparing La- Brian Erlacher and them, should they get in. Uh, real fast, though, before we had the break, because we're mm-hmm. going to have the coach calling in after practice, uh, the news about CTE continues to come out and players are reacting. This week was... uh a little bit of a back and forth. You had uh Jets first round pick saying he could think of no better place than to die on the field. I could think of no better time, no worse time for him to say that. That there was probably was, no worse time. You had the family, timing was horrible. You had family members coming out. You mm-hmm. had football players. I like think Martellus Bennett text tweeted that he hoped he found a, something higher to live for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this issue is not going away, and we knew that it was there to begin with, but. Now you're starting to see people talk about it more yeah. and react to it more, and you're learning what, they, how much they've really thought about it, and how much they haven't. What was your reaction to what we saw this week? Because we're going to have a guest in the coming weeks that that's pretty familiar with the issue.
1: Yeah, the 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 doctor that's the subject of the movie Concussions, gonna we're, we're pleased to announce is going to be coming on in the coming weeks, and it, it's to me as somebody who's coached youth sports. It's not just about the NFL. It's not just about college. It's about the impacts. And, and Dr. O'Malley said something very interesting to me, which was, you know, people focus on the concussion. You know, even Tom Brady came out today and was saying he won't talk about whether or not he had concussions because it's in the past. You don't have to have a concussion. You are, su- you are suffering thousands of blows of your brain smashing against your skull. And the, the compounding of that leads to, potential brain damage and people don't think about it now unless they're diagnosed with a concussion and parents need to realize it's not just when your kids diagnosed with a concussion it's the repetitive blows that they are taking so I I think it's incredibly interesting and it's scary I mean I, I'm I think the Lord that my son never came to me and said to me I want to play football because I don't know what I love football I don't know what my answer would have been but
0: uh, I'm sure happy that he's not. Well, I'm hoping that my six month old has my skill level and he'll never be at. <laughs> so we won't have that and problem. And notice what I did not bring up. No, you didn't. <laughs> and I'm proud of you. That that took a lot of restraint there. Uh, we'll, we'll take it to break and then, uh, we'll wait on, uh, coach Collins to call in. When we come back, obviously we'll talk with, uh, Temple tough football head coach Jeff Collins. Stick with us.
2: Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at one 888 337 3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs that's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me
0: tell you, buying or selling a home is a
2: life-changing decision.
0: Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home with over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the delaware valley and coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve when it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.ancoonsrealestate.com.
1: And we're back. This is the hardest Sports on 610 AM. I'm Jeff Cohen along with Jason Springer. And joining us on the phone after what is likely another day of productive
0: practices is the newly minted leader of Temple Not Football. We'll, we'll, we'll let him join us in a second. He's just hopping on the air after practice, so our producer's just getting everything set up. So we'll talk for a little more for a minute. Let's talk about Temple Football for a little bit. Mm-hmm. They've raised their profile in the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, Matt Rule did a good job. Uh, The coach before him did a good job. I think that they have made strides that nobody
0: would have anticipated five years ago. Look, beating Penn State, uh, Mm -hmm. that obviously is a sore spot for local people here. Getting in bowl games. Getting in bowl games, Mm -hmm. winning in bowl games, playing in a division now that isn't quite the pushover.
1: Not at all. I mean, look, you had Houston that was one of the top teams last year. You had Army. You had Navy. I mean, they have a very good conference. I mean, I, I know that they're not considered part of, in air quotes, the Power Five, but they have teams that can beat anyone, almost
0: any one of the Power Five now. So uh, the coach is still working with the team a little bit, so we're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on here. Um, he's come in. He's got a pretty big name for himself. Yeah, he, he got pretty good cachet. Where, where does he come from? Let's tell our listeners a little I, bit. I mean,
1: look, I, I, if I were a college football coach, these are the kind of things I'd want on my resume He's the only coach to be a Broyles Award nominee given to the nation's best assistant coach at three different schools. 2010 at FIU, 2014 at Mississippi State, and then 2015 with the, uh, the Florida Gators. Uh, that's where the last place he was. he was. He was the defensive coordinator for one of the best defenses
0: in all of college football. Well, that's what you hope for if you're a Temple fan, that he brings that here. I mean that that look. This is a city that prides itself on toughness and defense, and the opportunity to have that excitement with big hitting, Mm -hmm. and 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 it seems like that's the type of team that the coach is looking to bring here to us. Coach Collins, are you with us? This is uh, Jason and Jeff with the hardest Sports.
3: (laughs) I am with you. We just finished a two-minute drill. And we just broke the team down right there on the team uh, at the 50-yard line at 10th and Diamond. So I'm with you right here on the field with the guys.
0: Well, we appreciate you joining us right after practice has ended. How's everything been going for you out there?
3: Uh, It's great. we got an unbelievable group of kids. Uh, They work hard. They're tough. They're physical. uh, They love playing football. They care about each other. Uh, so it's a great group to be around. We know
0: that you've got some interesting motivational techniques. I've heard some of your previous uh phone interviews, and I got excited just being able to talk to you a little bit. We know you had uh, <laughs> you, you had Titus O'Neil from the World Wrestling Entertainment in camp. Uh, I, I heard you talk about being a fan of the Broad Street Bullies. Can you go through some of these things with us? Because they jumped out at me. Tell me how Titus O'Neil got to camp, and then afterwards I want to ask you about your love of the Broad Street Bullies. <laughs> well, he's
3: actually the... uh the third big-time superstar wrestler that we've had come talk to the guys. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page, Brock Lesnar, uh, and then now Titus. And Titus and I uh, got to be really close when I was at the I was at defense coordinator at the University of Florida. So he's a Florida grad, and he just appreciated all the things that I had done for uh, you know playing good defense at Florida, and he and I became good buddies. And uh, he reached out and wanted to come talk to the guys when he was doing WWE in Pittsburgh
0: must be exciting for the players to see professionals that have gone on after their college careers to do different things. Brock Lesnar obviously played in the NFL a little bit, gone on to UFC fame. Uh, What's the reaction from your players when when you bring in somebody like this? You get their attention a little bit more?
3: There's no doubt. They love it, you know. And the thing about us is is anything that you can do to show them greatness, uh, they're very appreciative of. So So, those guys are, you know, the top of their field, so... So it's I am, been good to have them around.
0: I am a huge Flyers fan. I have been my whole life. Sure. I, I actually have uh, my own Broad Street Bullies t-shirt. And so I was excited to hear that uh, a guy from Atlanta who watched the, the Flames play at the Omni for all those years is actually a Flyers fan. Can you explain to me how There's that no happened? Because I love it.
3: Yeah, we were uh, just a little guy. My mom worked at the Omni. And so I got free, free access to go to all the Flames games and just, you know, it was the 70s. And I just fell in love with, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers and the Broad Street Bullies. And uh would walk all through the stadium with my little, you know, Flyers jersey and Flyers pennants. And, uh, you know, so I was just a huge fan and just, you know, kind of at a young age, the way they played kind of, you know, excited me. Um, and I just thought it was, it was the greatest thing ever.
0: It sounds like it has influenced the way you coach and the personality you want your team to have. I think I heard you say that you were actually showing the, the game against the Russians last night to the team. Can you talk about <laughs> what lessons you've taken from the Broad Street Bullies and how you're applying that to this Philadelphia Temple Tough? Sure.
3: Well, the, the the big thing, one of my you know biggest influences in my coaching career was Coach Saban. Uh, I got to be on his first staff at the University of Alabama uh, and the thing Coach always talked about was the opponent and the scoreboard never matters. Um, you just go out there and play. You be tough. You be physical. Um, and at the end of the game, if you just play every play your hardest, uh, the scoreboard will take care of itself. Well, if you just look at the way the Flyers played back in the 70s, you know they went in every game making sure that you knew that you were going to be in a fight. Uh, they were physical. They would punish you. It had nothing to do with the scoreboard. They wanted to physically and mentally intimidate you Play physical, play tough. And at the end of the game, the scoreboard was going to be what the scoreboard was. But your opponent knew that you were going to be in a physical battle uh, for the entire game. And that's the way they played. And then they, you know, that's the way they played with the Russians, um, who I think were four time uh, Olympic champions. And uh, this was just, a, you know, an NHL team, not an all star, or superstar, um, that beat arguably the greatest hockey organization in the history of the world has ever seen.
1: Ahead, so, 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 Coach, um, we were talking before you got on the air about uh, about your pedigree, and you just mentioned Alabama. You've coached at Mississippi State. You've coached at Florida. You've been nominated for the Broils, Broils Award three times. Uh, yep. What What made you decide that Temple was going to be your first stop as a head coach and hopefully your last yeah, that... for, for the people that are around <laughs>
0: here?
3: I appreciate it. Um, you know the, the the big thing being the SEC all those years. Um, you know it's it's a well-regarded conference, great athletes, great players. Um, so the, for the last six years, um, especially the last four, I've been approached every year about you know you know getting a head coaching job or, or uh, you know been approached for different ones. And I none of them really ever felt right to me or my wife. Um, but but this one just I knew about it. I'd seen them on tape. I watched the way the kids play. I knew the history. And I knew the brand of football, and I knew it would fit to my personality. And uh, just tough kids that, you know, kind of feel like they were overlooked all their life. They have a chip on their shoulder. Um, you know, that's how I was raised. I was, you know, I was a walk-on in college. earned a scholarship, was a three-year starter. Um, you know, I had to come up the Division three route, the 1AA route. Um, so I wasn't born just playing SEC football and then, you know, getting an SEC coordinator job. Um, I had to pay my dues. I had to work. I had to earn it. Um, I had to move up and down levels, different jobs. Um, so I get what these kids go through, um, and I have a chip on my shoulder too. And that's the kind of people, and that's the kind of kids I want to be around. And I want to coach.
1: That, I mean, I mean, that's great. And, and so, so my my next question to you is: is I grew up in New Jersey, and and we didn't really have. A
0: football hey, team. Hey, we, we had Rutgers. I Be know, nice. I know. All right, I went there.
1: But but so so. But there's there's this there's this vacuum on the East Coast, the Northeast part of. The, we're not used to college football. We don't have the big stadiums for the most part. Things like that. Temple seems like it would have the perfect opportunity to grab that area. But ha, ha, right. ha, you know, it, the, the people around here are used to pro sports more than college sports, unless it's basketball. But there's nothing better on a Saturday than college football. The bands running out on the tunnel, and Temple just seems like they have that opportunity to grab that. What, what do you see that opportunity here?
3: Absolutely, that's why I came. Um, the fan base has been unbelievable. Um, you know, last six years or seven years being the SEC, you get recognized in these small college towns. But now I'm walking around the fourth largest media market in the country. <laughs> P. I'm at Delisandro's two nights ago, and there's like three guys said, What's up, coach? And, um, you know, letting terminal people recognize you, South Street, whatever. Um, so that's a, that's a special feeling knowing that, um, you know, that people recognize what is happening here. Go back to back 10 win season, back to back, back top 25 finishes. Unbelievable kids that play in this program that deserve and, you know, garner the, the greatest respect that, that should be out there. And, uh, you know, I, I just think it's special. Um, you know, you look at uh, three draft picks this past year, nine kids in NFL camps from last year's team, which is far and away the most in the Northeast. Um, I think three of the draft picks is actually more than all the Northeastern schools combined. Um, you know, I think recruits are taking notice. If you look at our recruiting class, um, I can't talk about names, but we have 21 kids committed. Last year at this time there were five committed. Um, you know, so I think uh, kudos to our staff and what they've done. When they get around our players, they just fall in love with our players and our staff. And uh, you know, I think what happened in, in Philadelphia for the NFL draft—you um, know, with 250,000 people at the draft and seeing Assad Reddick going the 13th pick—what's better than that?
0: It was a great and opportunity I for you to see the of passion it. of the city, wasn't it? Uh, and I love you it. Assad Reddick, you got to love that story—local boy out of Camden who you know, works hard, walks on, makes himself into a player, gets drafted in his hometown. There's really not much better than that, is there for a coach like you to right.
3: say. Yeah, and then so we you know, a little tradition that I that I've been around the last couple of years is uh sending these big boxes of temple gear uh to the guys that are in NFL camps. <laughs> they just left this morning. Nice. Um and it was awesome to sign all those letters to all these guys um just thanking them for all they do to represent this school and uh just a small token to let them know that we're pulling for them. And even though I never got to coach them, uh, they're heroes to me and they're legends around this place. So just any small token of gratitude that we can give them so they can wear that temple gear um around the facility in the NFL and, you know, let even the NFL guys see that there's something special ruling on Tenth and Diamond.
0: Well, and they're certainly part of the legacy that put the platform here that attracted you to this job. So let, let's there's talk no a doubt. little bit. You talked about some of the turnover in terms of the players being drafted. What type of recruit do you look for? I, I know we'll we'll talk about offense in a little bit, and I heard you talk about how you like to run the offense out of the eye. That That seems to indicate a certain type of player. Can you talk about what kind of recruit you look for?
3: Well, the big thing is they've got to be tough. They've got to be physical. They've got to have a chip on their shoulder. Um I like guys that play a lot of positions. Um, you know, we had Keith Kirkwood out there today playing defense. We had Nick Shark out there playing defense. We had Dan Archibald and Freddie Booth-Lloyd playing offense. So we moved guys. We had Sean Brown yesterday playing tailback. So we moved guys around um, all the time. And guys that do a lot of things in high school is the kind of guys that I love. Uh, I love length, so guys that have good height, long arms, um you know fast physical um you know regardless of position um you know we obviously have an unbelievable receiving core here um with some guys that are going to graduate and uh, so we've got you know focused heavily on uh wide receiver and the nice thing about them is the, all the guys that we go after are mostly in that six three six four mode um you know that so they could play other things for us as well.
0: Jeff is excited because you talked about looking for big size players, and we have an ongoing debate about whether height matters. It may be because I'm short and didn't have much talent, <laughs> but we have that ongoing discussion. Go ahead, Jeff. Want to talk about the offense right. a little bit? Well, so,
3: Coach, coach Saving being around him, his favorite quote is "Big people beat up little people." Little people.
0: That so I should watch out here. He said it. Not me. He said it. Yeah. Don't, you're not. You're not taking on that one, are you?
1: Go ahead. You move on. <laughs> so, so, Coach, w- with you, you you've, you've put together a pretty impressive staff including uh, yes, Dave Dave Patno uh, who I think you go back all the way to Fordham with.
3: yeah we're 20 years friends there's actually four guys on the staff that were on that Fordham staff uh, up in the Bronx you know a little southern guy going up there me and my wife up on Fordham Road and Arthur Avenue and uh, you know I've always you know um, throughout my college career really respected Dave Patno. And I think he's arguably one of the finest play callers in college football, regardless of division. And uh, I've pushed for him at different places throughout his career, tried to help him because I just thought the world of him. And, uh, you know, once I had a chance to, to hire an offensive coordinator, uh I think he was one of the first three hires that actually got here um into the building with me. Uh him and Dave Feely, our head strength coach. Um, you know, they're just invaluable to me. And uh, you know, the way he calls a game, the way he can, you know, he went through seven quarterbacks last year at Coastal Carolina and still set records on offense. Um so he he's a special, special guy and I think the kids are um, you know, they're really enjoying what we're doing on offense. We're still playing a physical brand of football. Um, but with all the multiples that he brings offensively, formationally, motion shifts, personnel groupings, and, and then you add that with everything that we do on defense, uh, with the blitz schemes, the different fronts and coverages, um, just the multitude of mathematics that happens out there on a daily basis is, is, is astronomical.
1: So, So with regard to his offense, I hear that he runs an up-tempo offense, but it's a little bit different. Because he uses something that a lot of teams don't use anymore, which is the fullback. Which in Philadelphia, yep. Philadelphia loves the fullback.
0: I've been begging for a fullback on the Eagles for years. So it was music to my ears when I heard you like to
3: run out of the I formation. There, there's no doubt. And I coach the fullbacks here. So explain so,
0: to us, uh, how do you coach the fullback? What It seems like a lost uh, art at this point.
3: There's no doubt. So, you know, obviously I've made my reputation as a defensive guy and, um, you know, getting a good reputation whatever but uh you know i want to make sure i had a stamp on the offense and uh you know i just think that it's a special special position that a lot of teams don't use and i think we have arguably the best fullback in college football and nick sharga um not only is a great tough physical kid he's got 3.8 gpa in chemical engineering and he's a self-taught guitar player um so he's just a special kid and uh, so i just you know I just love being around the guys.
0: It sounds like you're going to give a lot of freedom to your offensive coordinator. In fact, I heard you say that while your offense was out there, you were going to be staring at the defense looking for the player that they should attack. Can you tell us about that a little bit? Because I I thought that was great. There's got to be nothing better than a, a defensive coordinator at heart coaching a team, letting his offensive coordinator run the show, and you're out there looking for weaknesses where they should exploit.
3: Absolutely not, because I know exactly what it looks like. You know, because I've been on the other side, and um, you know the, the the red flags come up. You know, as a defense coordinator for your guys, who you got to get replaced, and so I'm just going to be looking at those things for him, and um, you know, helping him out and just helping with situations. And you know, he's just he's a really really good play caller, so it's good. What other
0: players should we look for on offense as you're rebuilding this year? Obviously, some of the big names with PJ Walker are gone from the team. Who should we keep our eye on as you're watching practice uh, as you get ready for the season?
3: Yeah, obviously, you know, the seniors. I think they've done a really nice job. Um, obviously, it starts with Keith Kirkwood. You know, gave him jersey number five, which was my number in college. He's a single-digit guy. Um, Adonis Jennings has had a really good first couple of days of practice. Um, you know, the offensive lineman, Leon Johnson, coming back strong. Cole Bougier, uh, Adrian Sullivan, um brian carter the older guys are really really stepping up for us and i think we've got a really nice uh three-headed tailback package um you know with dagger and rock and uh david hood and then you throw um isaiah right back there and you throw sean bradley back there um who we changed to number 23 um because he had number 18 which was the same number Frankie newtow so they couldn't be on the field together so i changed his number um so those guys are the tight ends kenny aboa um chris Meyer, who we awarded a scholarship to in the offseason um those guys are, are special i think Jalen robinson is going to have a really nice career as well um at tackle um uh, for us
1: so so the big question is is that everybody's waiting to see is who's going to be the quarterback this year
3: yeah that's it, it it's a battle every single day the same way at every single position those guys are fighting it out uh we lost three starting linebackers two starting defensive ends so um, it's exciting, but, uh, you know, I know that that quarterback position is, you know, um, what everybody's got their eye on. Um, you know, I stopped practice today and I grabbed the four quarterbacks and brought them to the middle while everybody was getting water, um, because I didn't like the way we were subbing in and out. I didn't like the tempo that was happening, you know, with, uh, getting different guys on the field and getting reps. And I just challenged them, um, to pick up the pace, get everybody going, and the second half of practice was amazing. Um, just the, the leadership from all four of them, getting the guys in and out, getting the plays called, getting the, the you know runs redirected, the protections flipped, and I thought they did a really nice job. So we're just still waiting on somebody just to distance themselves um, from the others.
0: Is your plan to try and announce the starter before the start of the season, or just kind of go into the season, seeing who's playing best, and and give them a little experience
3: together? Yeah, we'll probably, we'll figure out as we go. Don't want to let too much out of this building too soon.
0: <laughs> we we understand. You got to keep the surprise a little bit. Let's move over to your forte on defense. You you got a, a coordinator in from another big name school at Purdue. You led the top defense at Florida. What can we expect to see from Temple football on defense? This city loves its defense.
3: <laughs> right. And the, and the nice thing is um, we inherited a really good defense. You know, obviously there's, I think eight guys left um, from last year's defense that was one of the best in the country. Um, so one of the biggest things and I learned this when I took over at the University of Florida is you've got to make sure that you hold on to the things that the kids are really good at um, and that the kids understand, and that includes terminology, that includes scheme. Um, so we went and broke down everything that they had done last year and kept the things that we liked, um, and the kids are really good at it, were really efficient, even the same wording you know, because you play quarters or you play cover two or you play cover three, everybody kind of does it a, the same way, but the biggest difference is the words. Well, we put it on ourselves to learn the words that the kids already knew. So we met the kids probably 60% of the way, and we learned the words that they use for the defenses that, that we already know and love. And uh, that was huge for the guys, for the learning curve, um, so that, you know, for some of them the last couple of years has been, a building point instead of a start over point when we get here. And I thought that's great for development. Um, it has to take a little ego out for your coach, um, to be able to do that. And I think I'm, I'm proud of our coaches for, you know, letting their egos go, um, and doing what's best for the players, best for the kids. And I think, you know, building trust and establishing, um, a bond with the guys, that was a huge first step because they knew right away that we were in it for them, um, and not for us. And uh, so that's been good and it's carried us through.
0: The the defense is as much about the big hits that we love in the city as it is about the short tackling. And, and you've sort of been an innovator on the leading edge of
3: tackling
0: Absolutely. and safety in terms of incorporating rugby skills. Can you talk to those who aren't familiar <laughs> about how you've sort of led the way in terms of changing the way that the people approach tackling and practice?
3: Absolutely. And, you know, the last, last couple of years, the big, the big knock on, on football in general has been safety issue with the concussions and, and, and head injuries. And so everything that we do is to try to take the head out of the game, um, and take the head out of tackling. Um, we're a shoulder based tackling team, a rugby tackling team, a leverage tackling team. And a couple of years ago, I was over in Scotland for two weeks with my wife and we were, um, I had a speaking tour for the uh, British American football coaches association. And, uh, which was the second time that we had gone for that. And, uh, one night we are just sitting there watching rugby, which I'm fascinated by, and a uh, commercial came on about a, a rugby tackling device. And so the second I got back, it's basically a big donut that rolls. And, uh, you know, I told our equipment guy, we got to order one. And uh, there wasn't any in the States. And, uh, the only one we could order for was from Australia. It would cost us more shipping it than the actual device cost. <laughs> <laughs> so we called up Gilman and Gilman made the first-ever rugby tackling ring over here in America, and uh, it was their biggest seller. Um, Florida was the only team to have it for five or six months, and uh, it's now their number one seller. Um, and if you watch even the clips on NFL Network of, of pro practices, you see them every single practice. And, uh, you know, Gilman came out here and they filmed uh, their rugby tackling teach tape with our Temple guys, with our Temple coaches, um, you know, so we're the face of the of the rugby rugby tackling ring, which is the number one uh, safety football equipment device uh, in America.
0: Have
1: and you I'm f-
3: proud that you know we have something that helps our players and helps safety across the sport.
1: Have you found it difficult to teach people to tackle different than they've been used to seeing in the way that they've tackled in their in their youth football?
3: No, I, because we do it all the time. And uh, everything that we do, we do drills constantly. We haven't gotten in full pads. We've had four days of practice, and we've tackled every single day, um, even when we were just in our T-shirts and jerseys, because we tackle safe, we tackle efficient, um, we use uh safety equipment that lets the guys go full speed, and uh we do it year-round. So the more you do it, the better you're, you do at it. And uh, so tackling for us isn't a once-a-week thing. It's an everyday thing. And, you know, safety and, you know, protecting our players is a lifestyle.
0: We talk about player safety, and I was just wondering with the headlines recently about the head injuries and CTE, how do you handle it as a coach? You have young men who are sort of learning about life and and learning about themselves, and here they're reading these headlines and they're putting themselves out there. How do you handle situations like that when headlines are in the news, you're trying to preach safety and players are trying to figure out what side is what?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think our kids are, are great. You know, they trust us. Um, they know that we have their best interest at heart. They hear us on a daily basis talk about protecting each other when we're out of practice. Um, actually, I sent a kid in from practice today about halfway through um, because he made a, a nonsensical hit four yards out of bounds uh, that didn't need to happen, so I kicked him out of practice um, because we are going to take care of each other. We're going to protect each other at practice. Um, we're still going to be physical. We're still going to be tough. Uh, We're going to get after it every single day. Um, One of the biggest drills that we do every day is team run. Um, We do it every single day of practice. Um, The defense knows it's a run. The offense knows they're going to load the box. And we just get after it, play fundamentals and tackle and block. And, uh, you know, our physical tough team that, you know, has safety first and takes care of its teammates.
1: So, so Coach, we only have a couple of minutes left. Man, we wish sure. we had
0: another hour with you. Yeah, we could talk to you all uh, night.
3: But. Appreciate, <laughs> appreciate that. You
1: may
0: want to get out there and get a yeah. shower after practice, but we could talk forever. Uh, so, but, but we
1: uh, gotcha. but, but we have uh, your first game's coming up in three weeks now, four weeks, and uh, it's in South Bend, Indiana. Uh, A tough first game to have. So what can we expect from from going out to South Bend, and can you bring back a W?
3: Yeah, I mean, just the big thing for us is we just talk about in our program just stacking days. uh, You know, we set a standard of our performance every single day that we go to work and meetings, uh, teamwork in the weight room, and then every single day that we do that we try to set a new standard um, and just put days back and back and back together. And uh, if we do that all the way up until September 2nd, we're going to be a really good football team. Uh, we're going to play tough. We're going to play physical. Um, you know, we're, we're, our goal is to be the team on that schedule that, that nobody in the future wants to play after they watch us play on tape. And, uh, you know, that's our mindset. You know, it's kind of like the Broad Street Bullies. You're going to know that you were you were you had a physical, tough opponent that hit you, uh, that played sound fundamentally, that played together, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the, the scoreboard always takes care of itself. Who plays the hardest? Who plays the most physical? Who makes the least amount of mistakes? Who turns the ball over? Less, who creates the most turnovers? That's the recipe for success. Um, and over the last 10 years of Temple football, that's kind of been the culture. Um, and that's the culture we're going to continue.
0: Well, Coach, we will certainly be watching, and we wish you the best Absolutely. of luck. We know the, the city would love to to see you do well. We hope you'll come back on and join us in the future.
3: You got it. Fellas. It was a pleasure. Thank you. You have a Thanks great a one. Lot. All right, all right Jeff. guys.
0: Take all care. All right, Jeff. If I had more skill, I'd ready to go, I'd go and run through a wall for him. I, 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 I
1: have to. T- I have to tell you that that after listening to Coach Collins, that that people in this city should be very excited about a new brand of football that that he is going to build on what what already is here, and that he has the opportunity, and that I think they might grab it. That, I think I think you might start seeing Lincoln Financial f- Field full with in
0: red instead of green well that's going to be the last word for this week thank you everybody for joining us on the heart of sports thank you to our producer on the other side of the glass brett making sure everything went right for us all we will talk to you all next week everybody have a great weekend we'll talk to you then bye-bye it's that time again back to